Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henley. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Well, we are in a series in 1 John, and so this morning uh, we find ourselves in 1 John chapter 2, verses 27 and 28 will be our text. The title of our message is Abide in Christ. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. 1 John is easy to find. If you start in the back of your Bible, the last book is Revelation. You turn in, it goes Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. That's where you want to be. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. John says, But the anointing that you have received from him abides in you. Now skip back up to verse 20. We read this before. John said this as well in verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. And so the Greek word anointing in verse 20 and the Greek word anointed in verse uh, 27 are the same. And that Greek word is charisma, and it means an anointing, it means an unction, it means empowerment. And that Greek word is also the word where we get uh, the word Christ from. And so the Greek name for Christ is Christos, and that means the anointed one. And so the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus. He is the anointed one. But the Holy Spirit also anoints you. And so John says here to us again in verse 27, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. Turn to John 14, John 14, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John 14. Jesus here is teaching his disciples and he's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit that will be given. In verse 16, he speaks to them and he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And so the Greek word for helper is parakletos, and it means one who comes alongside to help. And so God sends one who will come alongside us to help us, and that is the Holy Spirit. And what a blessing it is to have the Holy Spirit's help in our lives and to know that God is with us and in us and that he'll never leave us or forsake us. Now, as Jesus is talking here to his disciples, he's talking to them on their last night together, their last dinner together before Jesus goes to his crucifixion. 
And so he's preparing them. He, he's talking to them about how he's going to go away, but they can't come with him as of yet. But he's also affirming to them, listen, that he's going to come back so that they may be where he is. But of course, in the midst of that, they're, they're troubled by what Jesus is saying. They're confused by what Jesus is saying. They're like, they don't understand where he's going and why he's going and why they can't come with. And so in the midst of all of that, he also adds this very important truth, this amazing truth, that though he is departing, they will be given, we will be given another helper. Now, that word another is super important in the Greek as well, because that word another means another of the same kind versus another of a different kind, and there are two different Greek words for that. And so it's very important because what Jesus is saying is this, another helper is the same as him. That this one who is going to come alongside is going to be a person who will do what Jesus did the same way for them as he did, perfectly, lovingly, powerfully, joyfully, that this person, this another helper, is the same as Jesus. He's not another kind. He's not different. He is the same in essence. He is the same in deity. And so we see here even in this passage that Jesus is teaching the triune nature of God, that he and the Father are one. Remember, we talked about that last week. And Jesus and the Spirit are one, so all three persons are God. The Holy Spirit is God. Now think with me about how amazing it was for the disciples to do life with Jesus. Because Jesus always knew what to do. Whatever situation... The disciples came up against, Jesus was able to handle it. Jesus knew exactly what the Father's will was in every situation. And so he, he knew exactly what to say. And so if it was to bless someone for God's glory, he spoke that. If it was to shut down the deeds of darkness for God's glory, he said that. He knew if they were to endure for a time of difficulty, if that's what was to bring God's glory, he, he waited with confidence. Or he knew if God wanted to reveal his power through miracles, through deliverance, through provision, he did that. He spoke and it was done. And so how amazing it was to have Jesus as your friend, man, to have Jesus in your corner. He, he was able, he knew exactly, perfectly what the Father's will was and how to reveal his glory perfectly 
in his life and theirs. And so Jesus comes alongside of them to assure them and to assure, assure us that even though he is going, that he's sending another helper, another of the same kind. The, this, I, this person is the same as me. They're the same in essence, they're the same in deity. They will come alongside you the same as me and they will, he will lead you, he will guide you. He will help you to know the Father's will. He will help lead you into what God wants to do in and through your life. He is able, he is sufficient for whatever you have to face. He is the same as me. He will operate in your life just the same as if I was standing next to you. In fact, he will reveal me to you. He is my spirit. And that is an amazing, profound truth. How many of you walk fully in that truth, that promise, you know? I mean, I, I get it, but I don't always experience it fully. Well, Jesus goes on to add to that. It's not only that the Holy Spirit is going to come alongside of us. There's more to it. Chapter or verse 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Listen, he will never leave you or forsake you. You will never spend another moment in your life if you've accepted Jesus Christ apart from God. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so Jesus here introduces another profound truth that we get, but we don't get, that we walk in sort of, but we don't fully walk in. And that is the truth that the Holy Spirit is not only with us, but he actually chooses to reside within us that we literally become the temple of God, the vessel where God's glory and presence and power chooses to reside. Your mind should just go boom, you know. And yet most of the time when we wake up, most of the time when we look at our life, we, we don't feel <laughs> that in... And I would just say to myself and to you, listen, we need to, we need to live in that reality. Because what God's word says is more important than what we feel or what we see with our own eyes. Amen. Because we walk by faith, not by, not by sight. We believe what God says, not what we think or someone else says. The power is in us believing what God says and what he has done. And so this anointing of the Holy Spirit that is with us and in us, turn back to 1 John chapter 2. 
verse 27 again. But the anointing that you have received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, what? Abide in him. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us. We have this anointing, and this anointing tells us that he abides within us, and he teaches us all things, and he is truth, and he teaches us all truth. And the, the very basic, very important truth that the Holy Spirit teaches us is this, abide in Christ. Turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Jesus here is talking to us about the importance of abiding in him. John 15 verse 4 through verse 8, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And so here we see this important truth of abiding in Christ. Jesus is saying, listen, you need to abide in me. You, you are branches. And as branches apart from me, you cannot bear fruit. That is any spiritual fruit, any good fruit. We can bear a lot of sin, <laughs> but we can't bear anything that gives life and love and joy and is eternally good apart from him. And so Jesus is the vine. He is the life source of who we are. We were created to be in connection with Jesus. And apart from him, we wither and die. He is the life source. And so he is our sap, so to speak. And so if we abide, if we stay connected, then we bear much fruit. And so once again, we just see this very basic and yet very important truth 
that the Holy Spirit teaches. And that is, we are to abide in Christ. Turn back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 again. But the anointing that you have received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now, the question comes here, uh, then, you know, what am I doing up here then? <laughs> right? I, I mean, this verse seems to imply that you have no need of me. And so when we come to verses in the Bible, it's important that we know what all of what the Holy Spirit teaches, all of what God's Word teaches, and that we don't just take verses and take them out of their context and then make them say whatever it is we want them to say. And, and people do this all of the time. For example, those who don't really want to be a part of the church, they don't want anyone to teach them, they don't really want to be accountable to anyone, they, they just want to worship God out in the woods, you know. Then they will take this verse and use it wrongly in this way. And yet the Holy Spirit teaches, the Bible teaches, that part of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to teach you, to teach his church, is the fact that the Holy Spirit gives his gifts, gifts of teaching and preaching and prophecy and, and leadership, that he gives these gifts to certain individuals in the body of Christ in order to build up the body of Christ. And we went through all those gifts in detail when we went through our Holy Spirit series. And so let's just kind of refresh ourselves. I won't unpack it, but just let's refresh ourselves and go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and just read through those really quick. 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 4 through 11, Paul says this. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so the Holy Spirit 
gives his gifts to the church. It's part of his anointing. It's part of how he reveals God's truth and God's ways to us. And then turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11 and 11 through 16. Paul says this, that not only does the Holy Spirit grant gifts to certain individuals, but the Holy Spirit grants offices. And one of the offices that the Holy Spirit establishes is a teacher shepherd in order to edify and mature the church. And so it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in, in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Turn to 1 John 2, verse 28. John continues, and he says, And now, little children, abide in him. And so John seems to here summarize this very basic teaching that the Holy Spirit gives to us, and that is we are to abide in Him. Now, a common question that is asked all the time is this. Can you lose your salvation? Now, I want you to listen to what I have to say from this point all the way to the end of my sermon as I answer this question. Don't tune me out. Hang with me. So this common question, can you lose your salvation? Well, my general answer to that is no. I do not believe that you can lose your salvation. But, listen carefully, I do believe you can leave it. That is, not abide. That is to say... If you abide in Christ, then you cannot lose your salvation. Now, I have found when I give that answer that most people don't like what I just said to them. That's not what they like to hear. That's not a satisfactory answer to the, their, their question. And so I like to give a follow-up question to that back to them, and I will ask, well, do you think that a person can be saved apart from Jesus Christ? 
No, if you're a believer, then you would clearly say no. And so then I would present to you and that person who is asking me this question, then obviously it follows that you must abide in Christ. And so friends, if you abide in Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. However, the reality is there are those who have tasted of Christ and have not abided. I mean, that is a real possibility that, listen, that Jesus presents. And if it wasn't a real possibility, why would he present it that way? We just read it in John 15, 6. If anyone does not abide in me, And so again, if you abide in Christ, then you cannot lose your salvation. Verse 28 again. And now, little children, abide in him. And John gives a purpose here so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. And so John here says the purpose of us abiding in Christ is so that we might be ready for when Jesus returns. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. You don't have to hold your finger in 1 John anymore. We won't go back. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. 44 through 51, Jesus says this. Therefore, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes truly i say to you he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so John again said in 1 John 2, 28 that 
The reason that we abide in him is so that we will have confidence, so that we will not be ashamed at Jesus' appearing. But listen, if you're a person who is eating and drinking and getting drunk, that is doing life the way you want, you are not going to have any confidence when Jesus appears. But friends, what could possibly be more important than your eternal destiny? Do you not want confidence? Do you not want those who you leave behind having confidence about where you are? That is, you should not be saying, well, you know what, I, I hope I make it to heaven. Others who are left behind shouldn't be thinking, well, you know, I hope he's there or hope she's there. We are to know. We are to have confidence, but that confidence flows from abiding in Christ. Because the reality is, those who ask the question, can you lose your salvation, ask that question because they want to treat Jesus like a get-out-of-jail-free get card in the game of Monopoly. That is, you know what, I, I said that prayer you know, I, I did that thing, you know, uh, I, I took care of that. You know, my, my, my child said that prayer, and so I'm good, right? My, my, my kid's good, right? Even though they're not living for the Lord, even though you're not living for the Lord, even though they are not abiding, well then, friends, no. There is no confidence there. And what God would say, what the Holy Spirit would say, is you or they need to repent and get right with God and abide with him so that you may have confidence in his appearing. That is, listen, too many people want to reduce their relationship with God, want to reduce salvation down to some minimum requirement. That is, I did that thing. I did that ritual. I, I, I prayed at VBS. I got, I, got, I got saved to Sunday school. I, I asked Jesus into my heart. I checked the box, man. I checked the box so I can go live how I want and basically believe I'm a good person and I'm not going to hell. So I don't have to abide. I don't have to make God the Lord of my life. I, I, I just check the box so I can go do my thing, live my life. And this is the Christianity that the majority of Christians embrace today. 
And yet I want you, friends, to understand that is not biblical Christianity. That is not biblical faith. That is a false assurance. That is not at all what God says about how to be saved and how to have a relationship with him. And so I circle back around and I say that this very basic truth that the Holy Spirit teaches us, and yet this very, very important truth that the Holy Spirit teaches us is simply this, abide in Christ. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc. 